0: This is the Ebb and Flow Podcast with Ide Bailey, where you'll find inspired insights on forward movements in the middle market. Now let's get to the show.
1: Hello and welcome to Ebb and Flow. I'm your host, Clinton Larson, and October is Cybersecurity Awareness Month. So today, we will be talking about what businesses need to know about cybersecurity. And joining me to talk about cybersecurity is Michael Nugier, Director of Cybersecurity at Bailey. Welcome to the podcast, Michael. Thanks, Clinton. I appreciate it. Glad to be here. And for our listeners who are wondering what is cybersecurity doing at an accounting firm, uh, can you give us a little overview of what you do here at IdeBailey? Bailey? Yeah, absolutely. I'm the, the head
2: of or the director of cybersecurity services at I'd Bailey, And so I'd Bailey actually is more than just an accounting firm. We actually have a whole technology consulting practice uh, that specializes in in data analytics, uh, IT uh, management for our clients, as well as um, CRM, Salesforce, and Sage Implementation, and cybersecurity. So we we have uh, a very large technology consulting practice to help our client base and uh, just the the United States uh, in general. So what we are seeing is that cybersecurity is uh, becoming more and more of uh, a focus for all of our clients. And, and so I decided to jump into Ide Bailey and bring my experience to run some services and help our clients improve their cybersecurity posture.
1: Great. And as I said, it's it's cybersecurity awareness month, but uh, as you sort of spoke to just now, cybersecurity has become a topic that organizations just can't ignore anymore or can't minimize. It's just, it has to be top of mind. So let's just maybe start there. Why is cybersecurity such an important topic now for business owners and organizations?
2: Yeah, I think the goal of business is to grow and to continually grow and and, and expand. And the thing that that I always come back to when I do have conversations with with anybody about cybersecurity is that, you know, 20 years ago, if you didn't have an Internet presence, you weren't going to be successful in business. Ten years ago, if you didn't have a social media presence, you weren't going to be successful uh, in business. And today, if you don't have a cybersecurity plan and strategy to protect your organization and respond to cyber attacks, you're not going to be successful. Your growth is going to be stunted or potentially going to go out of business, right? There's, there's two statistics that I come back to here. The first being in the last 12 months, 55% of organizations have experienced a cyber attack. And so that's that's a little over half, right? That's, that's a pretty compelling argument to, to, to protect your organization. And then the second is the, um, the more compelling and in it, Pertains to small and medium-sized organizations. Sixty percent of organizations that experience a cyber attack go out of business within twelve months. So wow. that's that's a pretty large number. Right. Um, and so and it, it pays to focus on building your strategy, your vision that involves cybersecurity and, and creating this culture within your organization to protect your organization's data uh, moving forward. That's going to apply to the growth of your firm.
1: Those are really compelling numbers i I had no idea it was that high in terms of like these businesses who are being uh, or are suffering cyber attacks, I mean, how easy is it to detect or or find out like how easy or hard is it to to know that you're the victim of a cyber attack
2: that's a very. Broad question to to answer, right? Because it it all depends on on what your focus has been from an IT and cybersecurity perspective, right? If it hasn't been a focus, it's a lot harder to detect until something has happened, right? You can't access your data. One of your clients is stating that your data is on the internet, right? You finding out from these secondhand resources. That happens all the time, right? The big the big concern out there right now that everybody sees on the news is ransomware. Ransomware is when a malicious actor or a cyber attacker loads a piece of software into your into your network that encrypts your data and holds it at ransom, you can't access it and you can't perform any of your day-to-day uh, functions because that, that data or your systems are un- inaccessible, essentially. So uh, we're all seeing ransomware come. We've seen three, four large attacks this year spanning from $5 million in ransom all the way up to $70 million in ransom. Oh, wow. Now, that's not that's not something that we're, we're seeing in a small business. These are actually large multinational organizations, but we are seeing hundreds and thousands of dollars of ransom in the small business world. These cyber attackers are getting into the environment. They live in your environment for up to 96 days undetected on average, right? Which gives them a, a whole quarter to understand what you're, what's happening in your environment. So they know... Enough about your environment, if not more about your environment than any single person within your organization, because they've had this dwell time. Uh, and so, right, ransomware is just the, the the beginning, right? We're all worried about that, but there's there's a lot of other concerns around that. It's not just paying a six figure, seven figure, eight figure ransom. It's it's the impact that comes after that, the business interruption. Can you can you go? two to five days or even longer without utilizing any of your systems, your financial systems, your ordering systems, your payment systems. And most organizations can't. Um, and then from there, right, if it becomes public, do you have the PR inside your firm or inside your organization to respond to that? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot to consider. And so these all have financial implications. And then if data is stolen, there's fines, there's lawsuits, there's there's a ton of things to consider when it comes to uh, a cyber attack.
1: You know, you mentioned the the over 50% of the businesses, you know, that are uh, suffering a cyber attack. And, you know, you're talking about ransomware. I was curious, like, when cyber attackers are looking for a target, are they looking for low hanging fruit? Are they... Are they looking for the easiest route? I mean, what kind of businesses are they targeting? Is there any rhyme or reason to that?
2: I'll answer that a, a couple different ways the first the first thing I'll say is that hackers are heartless right? Uh, I'll say yeah. that time and time again they they don't care what what your business unit is for the most part. There are some ransomware as a service and and large uh, threat actor organizations as you would call them that live overseas that that will state that they won't go after schools or hospitals but mo- for the most part right they follow the money they follow uh, what is needed and where there is um vulnerability um the second is that hackers are are lazy right so <laughs> so back to your comment about low hanging fruit absolutely right they will scan the open internet to understand where where vulnerabilities exist right they will they will try and exploit the human vulnerability which is right the phishing that we're all so frequently getting talked to about within our organizations and trained against in the fake phishing emails that our IT department is sending out. Uh, But they do that for a reason so that we understand how to respond to those. And we understand what's happening in the environment so that we don't fall victim to phishing. But for the most part, yes, hackers are heartless and hackers are lazy. What we saw during the last 20 months of COVID is that hospitals were targeted by ransomware campaigns because, They didn't have the time and resources to focus on cybersecurity as they were overwhelmed maintaining uh, what needed to be maintained during COVID. And so we saw there was a huge campaign called RYUK, R-Y-U-K, which was a ransomware campaign that was pushed out and impacted, I think, somewhere around 300 hospitals nationwide. Uh, And so that's right back to the hackers are heartless. The low-hanging fruit are the industries and the organizations that are overwhelmed with everything else. And so mm-hmm. that's the lack of of heart in the in the attacker and also the the laziness, right? They're going to find what's easiest to attack because there's a quick turnaround on those.
1: And you mentioned ransomware. And you mentioned the phishing attacks uh, that many of us are, have, are used to even seeing in, you know, in our personal email and things like that. What other, what other sort of trends or schemes are you seeing right now that, that businesses should be aware of in terms of the cybersecurity space?
2: So ransomware is is the big one that we're seeing in the news. And so I'd it'd be remiss if I didn't bring that up. Uh, phishing also. But when we talk phishing um, a, a, as a scam... It, it rolls up into the concept of social engineering. And so it's not just emails that are coming to your work email. It's also the phone calls that you're getting that, that are either robo calls that are scams. Like, Hey, this is the FBI. And if you don't pay us $500 in iTunes gift cards, <laughs> we're <laughs> we're going to send you in front of a magistrate, which most of the time I don't refer to a judge as a magistrate. So that's a huge right telling <laughs> uh, selling plan for me right and so those are called vishing or voice phishing right calls right and they they can get really advanced one of the one of the services that we offer are are vishing calls to organizations to see if people are prepared to respond correctly to protect their environment and so we'll call and pretend to be it or we'll call and pretend to be somebody in the finance team or the accounting team uh and, and just try and See how much we can get out of that person, and make sure that they're responding accordingly. Documenting that, and then focused on educating and training the environment to uh, fend against those types of attacks. The third thing uh, that rolls up into social engineering uh, is what we call smishing. Um, and We very unique with names in the cybersecurity. I like it. I like it. Fishing, vishing, and smishing. Smishing, uh, and, and this has actually been on the rise, at least on my cell phone, in the last month and a half, our SMS is is the the messaging system that cell phones use for text messaging, sending text messages to phones to try and gain credentials, gain access to some form of data from a cell phone perspective, right? And so I actually got one the other day that said click here to track your package. And it came from a 10 digit phone number. You know, FedEx usually uses a five digit phone number when they text people. And so Uh, I looked at it and I was like, well, one, I'm not expecting a package and two, right? This is coming from like a 720 Colorado number. Why would I click on the link? Or, uh, you know, I've gotten a lot from like, hey, your receipt was chosen from Costco. You just won $500. Click on the link. Who doesn't want to win $500? (laughs) Also, we're all not that lucky. So let's just, (laughs) let's take a step back and think like, it's not your lucky day. You didn't win $500 from Costco from whoever's cell phone texted you that. So... Smishing is is one of the big trends. And I think what what I pivot to from that social engineering aspect is that uh, a a lot of what I talk about is the attack surface, which is basically the the area, the surface of attack that a threat actor has, right? That a malicious actor or cyber attacker has. Uh, We call that the attack surface. Twenty years ago, the attack surface was your desktop computer. Maybe you were fortunate enough in your organization to get a laptop um but you weren't allowed to work from home working from home was was few and far between mm-hmm. 20 or so years ago uh and then over the last two decades we've transformed the way that we do business to not just doing it on laptops and desktops but doing it on our personal devices like our cell phones mm-hmm. our work or our home computers right and that extends the attack surface of your organization right specifically your cell phones right if you uh, were to get one of those smishing texts and click the link and they asked for your email and password and you did your work email and password you just gave away your passwords so uh, our tech services is over doubled it's probably tripled or quadrupled in the last uh, two decades and and it's getting even I don't want to say worse but it is it's getting even worse right like mm-hmm. one of the things I do when I'm talking to a group of people is I ask people to raise their hand and say, who can change the temperature of their house from their cell phone, right? Mm. That is another internet connected device. It's at your house. We all transitioned to work from home in the last 20 months, or a lot of us did at least. And so we brought our laptops from work home connected it to our home network, the same home network that our kid's laptop and our kid's Xbox or PlayStation is connected to. And this opens up our attack surface, the vulnerabilities that exist across all of the different technologies in our house is, is tremendous. And so from a, a trend perspective, our attack surface has, has increased significantly, giving, giving way to attackers to find new, uh, greater avenues to attack us. And then that leads to my last trend, which is sophistication. My first ever ransomware, I was working with the state government at, at the time, and uh, we got a ransomware on one of our computers at one of the departments uh, that we were managing, and it was $500. And we were all worried, oh, no, we got ransomware. Let's stop it mm-hmm. before it spread. But it was only $500. So like, let's not spend too much time trying to decrypt the data. We can spend $500, right? The last ransomware I worked on was almost $400,000. Right. And so at that point, like, that's a completely different conversation to have with your CFO or your controller to say, where do we get this kind of money to pay for this kind of ransom? Maybe we should do something about it instead and try and pull from backups. And so the sophistication has gotten a lot more intense, right? Several years ago, when it was $500, somebody got a link from a YouTube page, clicked it, downloaded the file, ran it, and then they got encrypted, right? The $400,000 ransomware was. Uh, a hacker that, that had exposed or exploited the human factor, gotten into the environment, sat for several weeks to months, understood the environment, found out where the most critical data was, and then and then encrypted that data, right? Encrypted the databases, encrypted the backups, and and basically ruined this this organization. So, right when we see when when we talk about ransomware and and phishing, fishing, social engineering, the attack surface. What what is most compelling in all of these arguments is the sophistication that's going into it. It's not luck based anymore. It's specific targeting of individuals to find a way into your organization and then attack in the most sophisticated, most impactful manner.
1: Yeah, that sophistication you were just talking about is the thing that seems the most scary, I would think, to to many of our listeners, because as you just went through like, you know, you know, every we have so many so many devices now that are connected to the internet and there's so many entry points now you know like you said there's the if you have a work network there's that if you have a home network you know there's that you have your phone you have your text messaging you have your laptops i mean there's just a lot of vulnerabilities now and if hackers can get in and then just sit there and and watch what you're doing and figure out the you know the best way to hurt you so to say that's a scary thing so what are some fundamentals that people can maybe take back with them to to look at their cybersecurity efforts and say, okay, what are the things here that I'm doing that are good? What are some things that I definitely need to upgrade? You know, what are just some fundamentals of good cybersecurity at an organization?
2: The number one thing I, I always go back to is don't start throwing different product sets at your environment. They say that I need this to protect against this threat and they say I need this to protect against this threat. The number one thing that I think every organization needs to do is take a step back and try and gain the vision and visibility that they need to build an actual roadmap for increasing the security within their organization, right? Do an assessment, understand where your greatest risks are, do a penetration test to prioritize where your vulnerabilities are so that you have that visibility to understand what needs to be attacked first, right? Because if you just start buying software, what, what we've seen, and I've done this for almost 20 years, what, what we tend to see is things get purchased and then they get put up on the shelf mm-hmm. and they don't get configured correctly and, right, and they don't have the resources to make sure that everything is effective in their environment. And so instead of, instead of just throwing money at the wrong resources, take a step back and understand where you need to go, where you currently are, what's your current state. And then what should your future state be from a protection perspective? Align with your trusted advisors uh, and build that strategy for cybersecurity. That's, that's the number one thing I would say that most organizations need to do. Some organizations have that strategy in place already, and that's, that's key. That's vital. And then they can act upon that. They'll, they'll probably have things on that list like enabling multi-factor authentication on everything, Right. We all hate to, to enter in the six digit code or select the application and approve it. But ultimately, right, passwords are and have proven over the last 20 or 30 years to be the most insecure portion of IT. We need another factor so that when your password, which is just text, is stolen, that there's another approv- uh, approving factor, whether it's your fingerprint, whether it's a face scan, whether it's approving an app. I, I tend not to say text messages. Like, I don't like that route anymore. I think pushing it into an app that requires your uh, your physical device and, and access into your physical device, that, that actually makes it more multifactor than just uh, approving it right you need to facetime or put your fingerprint in on your device to get into that particular app to to select approve and so it creates more of a uh, more of a protection mechanism for that so most organizations i think and, and what we're seeing from the cyber cybersecurity insurance realm are focused on making sure that you have multi-factor authentication on everything specific not not specifically but but tied Mostly to your external resources, because those are the ones that are easy to attack. Uh, and so if you can access like your email remotely, or you have a web portal for your work that you can log into, if multi-factor authentication isn't turned on on those, cyber insurance is likely to either raise your premiums or not not cover you. So that's that multi-factor authentication is probably number one um, that most firms are focused on. Um, And then some of the other best practices are making sure that you have a vulnerability management program. A lot of people hate when they're at the most critical portion of their day and their computer says you have 15 minutes before it restarts because we have (laughs) to push updates. Everybody hates that, right? Cybersecurity is, is not kind to people when it comes to usability, right? There's always a give and take to some extent, right? Postponing those till night is easy, but right. Those patches that need to be pushed or those updates that need to be pushed to your system are to patch security holes that are known right and having a vulnerability management program that that calls out those those patches that are needed and also understands other technical vulnerabilities within your environment so that you know where your weakest um, your your biggest security weaknesses are is very important those those are uh, another big call out right going back to to the attack surface right uh, when we talk about are expanding the attack surface. Knowing what assets you have in your environment is is, is uh, right up there with multi-factor authentication, and probably even higher. And I should have talked about that one first. But uh, knowing what assets you have to protect is is critical, right? If you don't know what's in your environment and you don't know what to protect, you're not going to. Uh, and so, a detailed asset management program is is and software solution is is necessary in order to protect your environment. And a lot of frameworks, right? There's a lot of cybersecurity frameworks out there um, that'll that'll organize these, right? One of the big ones is the the CIS or the Center for Internet Security has 18 things to focus on or 18 different controls to focus on. The top two are asset inventory, like hardware asset inventory, and then software asset inventory. Hardware has vulnerabilities and software has vulnerabilities. And they're continually increasing in vulnerabilities as we create new versions of Windows or new versions of the software. Vulnerabilities are inevitably going to be written into those softwares because things are changing in the way that we're, we're creating features adds vulnerabilities inevitably. And so knowing that you have those softwares is is the first step, right? Knowing where you are and then understanding where those weaknesses are uh, and
1: fixing them is that future state from a software and hardware perspective. You know, as you've been talking about all the different things that you have to think about with cybersecurity, you know, you talked about the ransomware and, you know, sometimes having to get like a CFO involved, you talk about cybersecurity strategy, you know, that's organization wide. Is it fair to say that that cybersecurity is no longer just like an IT problem. Is it fair to say that this is something that everyone in the organization needs to be aware of? You know, like the like your phishing test emails and things like that. Is this just? Is it no longer an IT issue?
2: No, oh, I appreciate you bringing that up. I think that cybersecurity was never just an IT issue. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so the fact that right, you're not the only person. Most people thought that it was always an IT issue, but. Cybersecurity is an every person issue, right? It's an every employee issue within the organization. It impacts everybody and everybody has a responsibility within that. You get emails, right? You access certain types of data within your organization. You have certain privileges within your organization. And so you are responsible for making sure that you don't, you don't accidentally get impacted from a phishing email. So you have a responsibility to to go through that education and understand how to review those phishing emails when they come in and make sure that you're not falling victim to it. You have a responsibility to make sure that the data that you have isn't being managed improperly. So I would say that, that yes, uh, cybersecurity is everybody's responsibility. Um, and what drives that is the culture of the organization. So if that's not being pushed from the top down, from the the C-suite, from the board, from the partners, whoever runs the organization, if they're not pushing, the, there's a responsibility for cybersecurity, for the protection of the data that you handle as an organization, because it's not just your data. It's, it's people that are impacted outside of the organization, your customers, your clients, whatever that is. Right? If that isn't coming from the top and there's not this culture of cybersecurity as a part of the organizational culture, then, then that would probably be a, a great place to start
1: for most organizations. <laughs> So related to this idea of creating a culture of cybersecurity and creating a strategy around your cybersecurity, how should organizations go about doing that? Is that something that involves all senior leadership? Is there a best practice there? What should organizations how can they start having those conversations?
2: Yeah. So that needs to be that needs to be a priority for all organizations. I think, right? If you don't have the confidence or the resources within your environment, utilizing a trusted partner, um, you know, right, coming to iBailey and saying, hey, can you help us with this, right? We want to make sure that, like, we, we have processes from our professional services to to build that strategy, understand the current state, and build the future state. Uh, and that involves more than just your IT team. We want to meet across the organization to make sure that we're getting the entirety of the culture and and uh, the entirety of the the goals and growth plans of the organization, so that we can help tie in that strategy, the cybersecurity strategy into the business strategy moving forward. So I'd say leveraging your trusted partners. Right? If you don't if you don't have a trusted partner in this arena, or you want to talk more, please feel free to reach out. I think that we can probably put my information on this podcast somehow. Uh, I'd be happy to talk through. Uh, any concerns or issues that anybody has, and yeah, I, you
1: know, I appreciate the the question. And we will definitely not ask you to pay in Apple Store. No,
2: cards. no, yeah, <laughs> Apple Store, and I don't use iTunes anyway. So if right. I get Amazon gift cards, that'd be great.
1: <laughs> well, thank you very much, Michael. This has been a, a an awesome conversation, and obviously, we think we've proven very, very much so that even though it's Cybersecurity Awareness Month now. This is a topic that businesses need to have top of mind all year round.
2: Absolutely. And I, and I think, you know, I appreciate you bringing up the Cybersecurity Awareness Month again. Uh, one of the things, right, uh, a lot of organizations have resources out there that, that can be downloaded and you can walk through. Uh, I'd Bailey has built a, a, a book uh, that you can walk through that talks about the fundamentals of cybersecurity and where to focus. Not unlike what we talked about today, uh, but also staysafeonline.org. Uh, is, is a joint program run by a, a lot of different federal organizations um, and has a ton of resources on there as well. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't plug that a little bit uh, during Cybersecurity Awareness
1: Month. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Michael. I really appreciate our conversation today.
2: Thank you so much, Clinton. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Ebb and Flow podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. At I'd Bailey, what inspires you, inspires us. We provide a suite of accounting, advisory, and technology services with your business in mind. Visit our website to access tools and resources tailored for you. iBailey.com slash This podcast is distributed with the understanding that iBailey LLP is not rendering legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Listeners should consult with their business advisors before acting on any of the information or opinions shared. For audience questions and topic ideas, visit iBailey.com slash That's E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y dot com slash E-B-F-L-O-W. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to tune in next time.